Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, John Holcomb joins us as he gets ready to travel to Cincy this evening. Oklahoma State hoops on the road facing the Cincinnati Bearcats. That is a 6 o'clock tip time tomorrow night, 5 o'clock pregame, right here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, Nick Harris from DallasCowboys.com is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour as well and give us a preview of the Dallas Cowboys' very interesting offseason that lies ahead. I'm Colby Daniels. Jeremy Poplin is out today. Aaron Davis hanging out this afternoon. And Scott File is on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Gentlemen, it is time for this week's edition of Fact or Fiction, in which we make statements and decide if they are factual or fictional. I will fire out of the gate. Everybody, or I should say, Aaron, you're kind of aware of, of how this works? Cool. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. Did we lose Aaron? Oh, no, he's there. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay, there you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. That, it might have been me. It might have been me. Well, I was just I'm making the joke, it. like, you're you're aware of how this works. Pretty self-explanatory. Fact or uh, fiction? Fact. Yeah, fact. Okay, okay. <laughs> very, very, very well played. <laughs> All right, the, uh, the college football playoff format is now officially changed to a 5-7, where five conference champions will get in, seven at large bids. So, let's start. This is kind of a two-parter, so I'll give you the first part of this. Out of the gate. In 2024, first year of this new model, there will be at least two Big 12 teams in the college football playoff. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I can't see two Big 12 teams ranked in the top 12. I think I think the only... Okay, so the only way I can see this playing out in my head is you've got... Team A, we'll say it's Oklahoma State, just for argument's sake, just have a representative. Their one loss or undefeated going into the Big 12 championship game, ranked in the top six. And then the second, the, the other team, we'll say, I don't know, Colorado, is ranked 15. Colorado wins the Big 12 championship game. Moves into the top twelve. Oklahoma State doesn't fall out. I think that's the only. I think the only way that happens is if you have a team that's really good that loses in the Big Twelve championship game to a team that's on the cusp. I don't think that. So an underdog conference champion, essentially. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there's any way that conference is going to have two teams in the top twelve because I think with the new setup, I think the way that the voting is going to be done with the ranking is going to be completely swayed in favor of certain conferences and certain schools. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I say fiction. I I think it's going to be the the Big Twelve champ, and that's it. It's like, like Aaron said, I think it's going to be really hard to get that second team in. I just it I don't I don't see how they can do it. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe the Big Twelve conference as a whole will be better this fall than we think it will be right now. Of course, a lot can change in seven months, but I just I think it's going to be really hard for the Big Twelve to get an at large bid. I'm going to go fiction as well, and and I agree with you guys that I think the depth of maybe the the perceived elite teams in college football feels like with the SEC adding Texas, right, to what's already there, and Texas on paper 
Looks like they're going to be really good next year. And then the same thing with, like, Oregon on paper looks really good next year joining the Big Ten. The depth of quality teams, I think, at the top for those two conferences are probably going to gobble up the majority of those. And I think Aaron's scenario is probably the most likely where you, you maybe need an underdog type of, of conference winner. Because um, all things equal, I just I don't I don't see where maybe like a Utah or a Kansas State or an Oklahoma State gets the benefit of the doubt over like a Penn State, right? Or or maybe a I don't know a LSU, for example. So, of course, yeah, if you if you look at sport. if you look at Aaron's scenario, and I know it's hypothetical, you know OSU and Colorado play in the regular season. So then, are, is the committee going to penalize? You know, the loser of the Big 12 championship game, you know, depending on, I mean, like I said, I didn't realize this is all hypothetical, but like if we have different winners, is the committee going to penalize yeah, the point. winner of, you know, the, the championship game? Well, the, the winner, I mean, the four highest rated conference champions automatically get that by, right? So, I mean, conceivably, you could have the number two team in the country having to play the opening weekend if they just happen to lose, you know, be the second place team to a conference champion in their own conference. What? Like we've seen with like the Alabama Georgia scenario, right? Here's my biggest question with this new format: is what if, what if you, what if you're SEC or not, not SEC because we all know it's not going to happen. But if the ACC champion, our number one seed, is ranked like 11. And they lose to an unranked team in the ACC championship game. Like you're just not putting an ACC team in. I mean, that seems like no. The that way champion that is, is to probably going to get in. Yeah, the champ gets the automatic bid. Okay, it was the automatic bid. Yeah, okay, there, there right. are going to be five automatic conference champions. And and look, I don't think I you can just, just assume. But it's just the highest rank that gets the buy. The the highest ranked of all the conference champions. So when you take. The I, I, like I hate these terms, but for lack of a better term, I guess if you take the power four champs now, and then you take all of the the group of five champs, and you line them up, the top five highest rated champions for the committee are the five that will get automatic bids. I just don't. Know. How do you make an argument that a seven and six hit team that just won the ACC championship game deserves to get in over anybody? Well, they might not. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but you could. I guess you in. could leave them out, and then you could put two G five champions in, right? So yeah, there's but no automatic bids. With the ACC's getting rid of divisions, though, aren't they? So theoretically, a five and seventeen wouldn't even be playing because isn't the ACC getting rid of divisions too? I they might be. That might Are be they? something I just missed. I, can, yeah, I can't I remember, remember if because I know the Big Ten is. Well, the, I mean, the, like the point of the teams, question, though, well, I think yeah. is, like, it's the, the top five conference champions, according to the committee, get in. And I think on most years, 99% of the time, that's going to be the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, and then you're going to take one group of five champion on most years. There might be a year, to Aaron's point, where mm-hmm. maybe you do have, you know, an a, 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 middle of the pack ACC champion and and maybe you have two undefeated group of five champions and that bid goes to a second group of five champion you know you never know how it's going to work but I I would assume more often than not a like nine and three even eight and four 
ACC conference champ probably gets in over a second group of five champion. It'd be interesting. I'm, I'm all for the new format. It definitely not that college football is lacking for postseason conversation on who is you know worthy, but I'm I'm excited. It'd be fun. Um, I up now. My turn. Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to, part two of that. Oh, Factor part fiction. Okay. The Big 12 and the ACC will combine for at least three spots next year. Uh, did the ACC pick I'm trying to remember the, who, the, who the ACC picked up. SMU Callen. Fiction. Standard. Yeah, fiction. No chance. There's <laughs> no chance. It's more likely the Big 12 gets two in than the ACC gets two in, in my opinion. I'm going to say fact, and this is just going on the hypothetical that both Clemson and Florida State punch tickets. I, that, that would be the only way I see the ACC getting two. I think it's more likely the SEC gets five teams in before the ACC gets, <laughs> in, gets two in. Basically, what I'm asking is, like, is, is is there a scenario where anybody but the the SEC and the big? Because if you do the math, if you answer fiction to that, basically you're saying that the the SEC and the Big Ten will get all seven at large bids. I think that's complete. I I think that happened. I I would be willing to put a small sum of money that that happens. I, I I'm gonna go. F- they're just so. Much I'm gonna better. go fiction. And I'm going to say, it, I, I, I think that the SEC and the Big Ten get six of those seven, and I will say that either the Big 12 or the ACC gets one at large. So I'm just playing the percentages here. I don't know who, but I'll say fiction. I, I think they will combine for three, two conference champs, and then one of them will get a second team in. I think Notre Dame gets that final spot. Give me nine from the Big Ten and the SEC and then Notre right. Dame. Fair enough. All right, Aaron, what do you got? Uh, fact or fiction, and you guys may have talked about this, but fact or fiction, the Bears will draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. Oh, I'm going to go fiction. I think that the first part of that is right on. I think they absolutely will draft Caleb Williams. But I don't think there's any chance that Justin Fields is around to see Caleb Williams walking around that facility. So, uh, look, I, I think you have to you have to kind of play this in a way where maybe you're making it seem like uh, people can can offer you crazy deals to try and obtain that number one pick. I mean, you have to you have to see what's out there. But in the grand scheme of things, I just don't think you pass on a a generational talent i think physically in terms of what caleb williams can physically do and they they will pull the trigger but justin fields will not be there for it i I agree i think it's fiction um but i will say i i do think justin fields can be a quality starting quarterback in the nfl but the best explanation for drafting caleb williams that i've heard is if you're even having a conversation on whether or not you should draft caleb williams then Justin Fields has proven that he's not the guy. 
for for Chicago, right? Like, there you go. If you're even having to ask yourself that question after three years, then J- Justin Fields is probably not the guy. So, I think it's fiction, but I do. I'm, I'm Team Justin Fields. I think he. I think he can be pretty good. I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say fact. Knowing the dysfunction in the Bears front office, and you, <laughs> I mean, you look at the decades it's been since they've had a decent quarterback or a decent quarterback situation. I'm going to. I'm going to say fact. They'll find some way to to mess this up, and they'll. I think both of them will be on the roster. Scott. Scott. He's on point with that. The uh, if anybody's yeah. going to do this, it's going to be the Bears front office. <laughs> exactly. All right, Scott, what do you got? All right, I'm going to stay in the NFL. Fact or fiction, Baker Mayfield will not be on the Buccaneers next season. Oh. Give me fiction. I think that – I just don't think there are a ton of opportunities out there. And I think it's just as likely that that you give yourself a chance to succeed – coming back to Tampa despite what they might bring back from from last year's team than having to restart new coaching staff, new coordinators, new teammates. He's been through so much. Um, and I don't nobody's gonna nobody's gonna name him their future guy. like he's kind of a bridge to anybody that that would be I think acquiring his services anyway just simply because of where you know where he's at at this stage of his career. So I'll say I'll say fiction I think he's back. I, I think it's fiction too, but I don't think that I don't think it's Baker that's hesitating on this. I think it's Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay seems like they're kind of in this weird limbo phase where they're trying to move on from the the end of the Brady era with those guys like Mike Evans might hit free agency. I I think that they're really evaluating, kind of hitting the reset button, but I just don't see I don't see a better option, right? Like you could probably get Baker for twenty. To 25 million a year for a couple of years and just have him be a bridge guy to your next the next era of Tampa Bay Buccaneer football so I think it's fiction but I I think Baker signs immediately if they offer him a multi-year deal I'm gonna make it unanimous I say fiction as well I think as Colby said there's not a whole lot of options out there and he had that rebirth down in Tampa and I think he's comfortable there and I think he wants to play out at least, if not the rest of his career, the majority of the career that he has left down there. Uh, so I say fiction as well. All right, as we gear up for the unofficial second half of the NBA season, it is a very tight race in the Western Conference. The Oklahoma City Thunder will finish in the top three of the West, fact or fiction. Oh, easy fact for me. I think I think Minnesota falters out. I think they. I don't think they have the uh, the experience or the horses to finish out in the top three. I I think Oklahoma City, L.A., the Clippers of L.A. and the Nuggets are your top three seeds, and I think it's completely reasonable that Oklahoma City gets that one seed. They're just playing. They play hard every night, which is you know you. I don't know that you're going to get that from the Clippers, and then the Nuggets are. I think they're obviously they can finish as a one seed, but I think easy fact Oklahoma City's a top three seed. I'm going to say fiction by the slimmest of margins. I think with you look at the veteran leadership there with the Clippers and the Nuggets, 
So that I think that brings it down to a toss-up between the Timberwolves and Thunder for that spot. And I, I the Thunder just seemed to be running on gas leading into that All-Star break. And maybe, you know, with a week off here, that kind of helped them, uh, especially Chet. He he looked like he was running on fumes. So I'm going to say fiction just by the slimmest of margins. Don't count out Phoenix either making a yeah, run. Yeah, they're only two the games. They've been rolling, yeah. They're only two yeah, games behind I, the Nuggets. I mean, the reality is some of these teams that have a little more, I think, veteran presence are going to really start turning it up as opposed to maybe the, the younger teams that, that play harder for longer in the regular season instead of picking their spots. I will, I'm going to go fact. I think they'll find a way and, you know, they'll, they'll hold off somebody. And I, I would, to Aaron's point, I think I might lean on, on them having a little bit more staying power than Minnesota down the stretch. But what a, what a race we are in store for in the Western Conference the rest of the way. I think Aaron, Minnesota what do you got? just, uh, all right, oh, go ahead. here we go. Uh, I just thought Minnesota of what? I was going to say, Minnesota just puts a lot of weight on Anthony Edwards on offense that, it, 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 you know, he's great. He's incredible. I don't want to take anything away from him, but it just, they feel a little less uh, balanced offensively to, to hold up down the stretch. But, um, all right, fact or fiction, LeBron James will announce his next season as his final season only to do a Tom Brady and unretire for the next season for the 2025 or, yeah, for the 2025-2026 season, so that he can have two farewell tours. Factor <laughs> fiction. I literally referenced this yesterday, <laughs> saying that he's more likely to have two farewell tours than no farewell tours. Uh, this is fact for me all the way, baby. If anybody in the history of the NBA is ever going to pull this off, uh, it's it's going to be LeBron James. Uh, he he absolutely loves being the center of attention. Fact, fact, fact. I say fact, and I also think what happens with Bronny will have something to do with that as well. So I say fact. Let me tell you why I I feel the way I feel about LeBron James. I won't say which way I feel about him. I'll tell you why I feel the way I feel. Uh, he was interviewed doing an interview press conference during All Star Weekend, and he uh, mentioned that he doesn't like to receive praise or he struggles receiving praise. Do either of you know what he has tattooed on his chest? <laughs> In big letters across his chest. Chosen one. I believe that would be chosen that, one. Yeah. The chosen one who uh, doesn't like receiving praise. So I'll take chosen one look, for 1,000, Alex. I look forward to uh, the other 29 cities uh, giving LeBron two gifts over the next uh, few years. That's fantastic. All right, Scott, what do you got? Wrap that, it up. That's all I got. So, All right, Aaron, you have another one you want to fire out before we go? Uh, yeah, real quick. Factor fiction, Jim Harbaugh uh, will not be in the NFL in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go fiction just because if not the NFL, I, I don't think that there's necessarily anybody holding the door open for him to come back to college football. So, I will say it's uh, I'll say it's fiction. He sticks around longer. I'm going to say fiction for that, and I think the Chargers give him at least three years. So I say fiction. Just... All righty then. No Urban Meyer situation. Right. 
I mean, if if they didn't fire Brandon Staley after the the That's Raiders fair. debacle, yeah, yeah, good call. Then yeah, I I took it more as like, would Jim Harbaugh leave after no, two no. years as <laughs> no, opposed no, no, to no. maybe the Chargers? Like, because I there's I to me there's a better chance of him saying that I'm done with this than than the Chargers saying, move on, sir. Yeah, well, he is luckily in the like the lowest pressure situation as far as an NFL fan base goes. So. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. All right. That was this week's edition of Factor Fiction here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Don't forget, we have John Holcomb and Nick Harris coming up at 5 o'clock. I am Colby Daniels. Aaron Davis hanging out this afternoon. Jeremy Poplin back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Once again, this is the Blitz 1170, and we are streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.